This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. What's happening, everybody? We're going to hang out here with this screen for a little bit to get uh, people acquainted with the show and make sure that everybody sits in their seats and grabs their popcorn. I know people are rushing into the theater. Get your hot dogs and your M&Ms. Um, I was partial to putting uh, raisinets in the popcorn. It's uh, always kind of a weird little surprise. You got the raisins and the popcorn and the melted soft chocolate. It's a treat. It is a treat. And welcome, everybody, to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, Scare of Live. Here I am, Ro. We have a very special guest we're going to be talking about. Yes, you guessed it. Andor, um, and some other things. We got some wonderful things going, but uh, for the most part, we are definitely going to be talking about what uh, is happening on this this uh, very intriguing show that uh, Disney has given us um, in in um, lately. Uh, and I think all the nerds are buzzing about it. But um, we're definitely going to talk about our opinions on that. I have a very special guest that I will bring out in a second. Um, after the uh, intro animation, but uh, wonderful, wonderful show we have. Everybody coming on into the chat. Thank you so much. Scarif Live Saturday nights at 7. Uh, we usually drop our um, audio-only episodes on Thursdays, so please check that out. We just uh, dropped one a couple of days ago. Lights in the sky. Melanie and I, Melanie, Melanie, I can't say, I can't talk tonight. Melanie and I talked about lights in the skies and ancient aliens and ufos it's a uh, month-long celebration on the oddities of uh you know alien abductions and ufos uh so take a look at that take a listen and make sure you uh let us know uh if you liked it uh and what uh, what you thought excellent all right um i'm gonna bring our guest out but uh first uh we're gonna have a very exciting retrospective on the impact of the last jedi we'll bring our guest out right after this <laughs> This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Did I uh, subvert your expectations, Sean? Somehow Techie returned. Somehow Techie returned. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for joining me today uh, on Scare Live. I didn't scare you with that Last Jedi comment, did I? Uh, no, you can't scare me with The Last Jedi. I saw it twice <laughs> in theaters. On purpose? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did Excellent. go back. You know, I actually went back because I wasn't sure. I'm like, did I just see what I just saw? And I walked then... out of that theater with like, what? I did go. I went, uh, yeah, what yeah. did I watch? This is, that was very different. That's what I felt. I felt different. I felt different about it. Yeah, I felt insulted, but I don't have any tequila with me, so we cannot mm. talk about The Last Jedi. So uh, we're going to skip that uh, that uh, those discussions. But uh, thank you, everyone in the chat, for joining us tonight. We, um, we've we got uh, two episodes left of Andor. We are going to mm. be talking about the episode entitled One Way Out. Um, 
we uh, obviously we talk uh, in the private chats about Andor and all sorts of uh, other nerdy things, but we haven't talked specifically you and I um, on the show here. And I know you know I I come over to your chat from time to time and I check you guys out and I um, listen to what you guys have to say. But um, let's make it official. What are your thoughts on Andor as a show? This is completely unprecedented. I'm not used to talking Andor so fast after an episode, but I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me and accommodating my uh, dad schedule, as they would say, and uh, happy to uh, give you some insight into yeah, my yeah. my 34 year old brain. And I, I, you know, I've said it before, and I with a little reservation, you can't compare two different shows. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what you can do is you can get feeling from a show. And I would say that I'm feeling like similar to Andor that I do to Mando. Like I'm re I really look forward to the next episode, like really wanting that next episode almost immediately. And I'm pissed about it when the credits start rolling, because yeah. I know that I just got hit with like, 42 to 44 minutes of pure uh cinematic uh wonderfulness right and uh andor for me I, I gotta be honest i only watched the first three episodes one time and we had to turn around like a three hour experience into a show so i didn't re-watch those so i think people are saying that the first three are a little boring um maybe a little long-winded i don't remember them so i think i escaped but four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and now ten, have been home runs mm -hmm. uh, every single time. Not one stinker in the bunch. You can't always say that for a Mando episode. Right, right. I don't need the random mission uh, to get yeah. blue milk for the people in order to, and then there's a babysitter for Grogu. You know what I mean? And it's just like that was like a a mechanism that they were using and then the, sure. you know but the show is still good just because yeah. of where it's at um uh, but andor every little thing matters and i'm glued to the screen and with with one way out it's it's gotten more I, you don't think it can get more complex it's gotten more complex and yeah. they're doing it and it's okay. ridiculous and this is like we we sort of compare it to a little bit of game of thrones over on the pod on tuesday nights and this is the first time where there's like a direct reference to Game of Thrones. Uh, and we'll certainly talk about that. There's a little teaser. So you got to stick around yeah. on, on how this show uh, connects to Game of Thrones. I, I've been telling people, watch a show. You like, don't even worry about not liking Star Wars. Get that out of your head. You got to watch a show for the show's sake. Um, it's, it's important. So it's good stuff for me. Absolutely. Um, somebody posted on twitter uh, a couple of days ago um imagine introducing star wars to mm -hmm. somebody and starting with andor um i thought that was a very interesting comment because obviously you and i have talked off screen um this show is uh is very different and i have heard uh you know all the complaints about why people don't like it you mentioned you know the first couple of episodes mm -hmm. were we're slow. Uh, I've heard the term snooze fest. I think they did a really good job, though, in dropping the first three episodes because it is um, it, it is kind of self-contained. You mm -hmm. have this mm -hmm. uh, concurrent story of young Cassian and older Cassian, mm -hmm. and they're I guess their horizons kind of merge at the end. And you can you can definitely see it. Um, 
but you're right. It's, uh, you know, I joke around all the time about subverting my expectations, but Andor definitely does that. But on the flip side, it does it on, on, on a good level. Um, it's, uh, probably a show that I've been waiting for, for a really long time. They take the, for many reasons, but the, they take the, uh, the material serious and I'm just like blown away. Um, I want to get to, uh, some of the things why I'm blown away. And I think mm -hmm. you and I share some of those, um, mm -hmm. sentiments, but, um, you had mentioned something on your show that I really didn't notice. Um, and I went back and I, I'm trying to see if I can go back to the, to the beginning mm -hmm. and, and run through it and see, um, you mentioned something about the opening music that mm -hmm. it kind of, uh, um, evolves into something slightly different than what we first saw in the very first episode. Wait, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm a big title screen person. I like cold opens. Like Mando does that really good, mm -hmm. uh, where we get a little bit of an intro and then it goes into dum 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 dum, and you're like, yes, here we go. And and when it when shows like that go on, I'm up at five, maybe even four forty five in the morning, uh, to catch the show before I get to work, just because I can't I can't tweet responsibly without getting yelled at by the Red <laughs> Five Network. Uh, <laughs> Because oh, spoilers, no, 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 it's not a spoiler because I watched the show. Right. For me, you know what <laughs> yeah. I, mean? I watched it, so it doesn't matter for me. Um, but uh, this is the first, you know, show that I haven't really gone up at five in the morning for. And Wednesday I did because we we talked about it at length in eight and nine, and then I was ready. So I keyed in after like many rewatches, you know, which I've also deemed this show very rewatchable um, yeah. in its complexity. And I've keyed in. The first thing I keyed in on the music was I didn't like the title screen because it wasn't cold open. It just kind of starts and yeah, it's cool animation and that's fine. And, you know, it's the rising sun and some rising rebellion and whatever symbolism. Um, and the music was just kind of boring. And then after like episode five or six and like Aldani starts going, I'm like, I think the music is changing. And then I just started paying attention to it more. Um, hmm. And then I noticed really big changes on episodes uh, eight and nine and ten now so it's it's incredible uh that this completely distracted me what you're doing with here but i love it um <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thematic notes played a little differently and okay. episode nine was the most intense of it and i can't speak too much to 10 right now because i only have a single watch so i don't have the music um in my brain and yeah, I and I I always feel that they're doing that on purpose, and they're 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 uh, setting expectations for us, like you, this. Get ready for this one, you know. So that's for me. The music is a. Uh, I res I responded to somebody on on ElonMusk.com, and <laughs> <laughs> it was. The music is not Star Wars. Oh, yeah, enough I saw that. For yeah. me. And, and I went, like, what is that? What does that mean? And yeah. they responded with a very lengthy post, which is fine. And they said, well, it just doesn't remind me of John Williams. And it sounds too cyberpunky. And that's how, when people give me reasons like that, that's how I say it in my brain, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be John Williams. -y. What it has to be, it has to make sense for, for the show. And no offense, Star Wars has to move away from Star Wars in order for it to improve. And this show has 
done that, but also stayed in the playground. But they're just uh, they're on the other side of the playground where the little kids aren't allowed to play anymore. Wow. And wow. yeah, sorry, that's just the way it is. And uh, <laughs> the music, you know, I'm not noticing the music like during the show as much like Star Wars, John Williams, iconic. There was times where I could listen to an album and know the scene. Right. Yeah. Everybody's done that. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that with Andor. I think I think the music is a secondary flavor to this show. I don't think it has to be main stage. John Williams, main stage. He's sure. done a lot of great things. I don't even know the composer of Andor. I don't care. I just know that the music vibes when it needs to vibe, and it's doing a good job at mm -hmm. at, at supplementing, at complementing the show right now. Um, Michael Giacchino did a great job for Rogue One, but it was a little jarring because that was the first non-John Williams movie. Yeah, and he he did. He, you know, you're going up against that guy, you know, and he did an OK job. I wasn't a fan of the opening. I don't even know what they would call that. Right. Like the, the big bang, you know, when it starts. And I'm like, eh, not the same. Yeah. You know, but then the whole everything else is really good. You know, they had the common themes of Krennic. Right. And the common themes of the, the rebellion. And it was Jyn Erso's theme and all really lovely stuff. They don't have they don't need it in here because you don't need to. I mean, you don't have enough time for it, to be honest with you. They gotta, they gotta get the story going. So, music right, for right. me in this realm is is working for me. And if you don't like it, that's okay too. Yeah, I I've heard that argument before regarding the uh, the music. And actually, I think. Uh, oh, by the way, the composer for Andor, his name is Nicholas Bertel. Write that down, please. Now that you found a pen. Um, I, I have heard that argument before, and I think I want to say that if you stuck a John Williams-esque soundtrack to Andor, it would not fit. Um, you know, the music of Star Wars is very interesting because we are thrown into a universe where the characters and actually more so the situations that we find these characters are in, um, uh, it's, it's a larger-than-life situation. You have, you know, you have characters that are trying to save the galaxy, per se. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in Mandalorian, it was a little different, too. There's nobody saving the galaxy. It was kind of a uh, weekly, uh, you know, whodunit, uh, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. We have music that is very different from Star Wars and the Mandalorian as well. Mm -hmm. um, the Rogue One soundtrack, for me, I didn't like at first. Mm -hmm. And I think because we do have that imprint of John Williams, you know, uh, ingrained in our in, in our heads, um, we want to see, you know, we want to hear that uh, that uh, Philharmonic feel, you know, mm -hmm. whenever we see the titles. Um, but I think the soundtrack for me, the soundtrack for Rogue One kind of grew on me after several uh, viewings. Um, the Mandalorian did the same thing, but, you know, we've got, we've got some very great themes in the Mandalorian. You've got that Western feel and mm -hmm. it kind of goes with it. And I think Andor is doing the same thing. Um, there are certain episodes I think that stand out to me a lot more like the, the episode previous to this, I think, or the one even before there was, there was kind of like a seventies um, electronica that was mm -hmm. very, it really did remind me of like, uh, like, like Vangelis, you know, some seventies, like right. mood music. And I think, again, I think it fit, um, fairly well in, in Andor because Andor is still, you know, as a character, again, they're not 
trying to save the galaxy. He's he's finding out about himself. I mean, mm -hmm. I think these stories are a little bit more personal um, without the grandiose of, you know, I, I have to defeat uh, the ultimate uh, evil here, which is Darth Vader. You know, we had that story with Luke Skywalker, but this is a little bit more personal. I think the music, along with everything else, kind of fits um, everything to a T. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, the music for me, uh, I love listening to soundtracks. You know, I don't listen to Mando. I don't, it's not my go-to, you know what I mean? Because the, the the themes don't exactly reverberate with uh, images that the normal albums, uh, the common uh, New Hopes and stuff. I don't even like the Rise of Skywalker one, to be honest with you, until it gets like toward the end. Actually, let me let me redact that. The Rise of Skywalker's album is so fast that it doesn't paint the picture of the movie like some of the other albums do uh where you again you get that visualization of what's happening on screen and you can see the ships and you can see that the rise of skywalker like jumps a full hour i feel in mu like music like you get the you get the training scene and then all of a sudden it's like the death star and they're fighting on the the sunken death star too and it's like what, what happened in between? Did the music disappear? Like, I couldn't figure it out, and I don't feel like figuring it out. But, you know, it definitely teetered off towards the end because how many times can you write the same thing over and over again? You know, it is what it is. But uh, everything in the, in, you know, the Disney Plus shows have done a good job. I mean, remember the uh, introduction of real Boba Fett and that yeah. wonderful you know that was that's like, such a great Whoa. song yeah that scene doesn't work without the music yeah you think of that music you think of that scene that's exactly that's the perfect type of musical uh edition yeah. uh, mando theme really good uh but mike had something there was drums at the end of episode two of andor mm -hmm. where he's walking away of something and i don't remember it because i didn't watch it you know multiple times and he said just going off his words he said that was like one of the best songs that he heard and he's i was i was in this top three of all the shows wow. and i was like that's crazy you know because like you know he's pretty analytical with stuff and if he's putting it up there it it's it's up there for a reason so it's really cool wow. that's great yeah um i think you know people are going to take uh, different things from the show uh for sure um, but yeah, the, the music at the end of that second episode is really great or the third episode, actually, when, um, when Luthen and Andor are on mm -hmm. the, uh, oh, yeah. the speeder bike and, uh, such a wonderful, wonderful sequence. And, you know, they, um, the choices that they have made in this show, when it comes to directing, when it comes to shot composition, the world building, the, the, the extra wide shots that I feel that the Mandalorian lacked. Mm -hmm. um, we we got a little bit of that in Kenobi, um, but these guys on the Andor show really are um, are hitting a home run with those shots. You know, yeah. there are there are some shots that you know, and one of the things that I complained about in Kenobi was um, sometimes you know we got some wide shots, but they didn't stay up there long enough. So it was like it was like oh, an establishing shot, and all of a sudden you're like you know he's walking on 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 a set, right. and um, 
Andor really is uh, allowing the visuals to breathe. You know, you have those overhead shots of of Coruscant with the buildings, and you've mm -hmm. got, and they, you know, they trail off a little bit, and they give you just this expansive view yeah. of the city. Um, and I, I, you know, that's one of the things that I really love um, because it it just helps to accentuate the world that we are asked to come into, you know, week week in and week out. So I absolutely love that. Um, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this, you know, we've got two episodes left and, um, we, uh, you said something earlier that you are just so excited for, for the next episode. This is like the first star Wars show really for me that towards the end, when I see the credits, I like my, my teeth are grinding. Mm. Like I want to see more. It's like, mm. Oh my God. And obviously, you know, we know the, um, we know the future of this character, but the tension is still there. The excitement oh, yeah. is still there. Oh, yeah. And I, I find that fascinating. It truly is. Uh, I I wrote on on tw Twitter that I was like I am so excited about a show that I know how it ends, right. and it's and it's absolutely true. Uh, I didn't put much stock in this show, as you know, you know back back when it was just Cassian or whatever it was called. And I'm like, what? You know, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, you know, and there's not much to hang their hats on right now. Why are they going to take a shot? I mean, their best shot was book of Boba Fett and they blew it. You know, yeah, it's like, right, right. so we were all like off on, what are they going to do with Andor? And look at, look at how wrong we were. I'm so happy to report. We were you, wrong. About you were wrong. I've had faith uh, in Andor since day one. So please check yourself at the door. I won't, I won't. I'm going to lump you in with me because this is what we do. But uh, I mean, just with, the you know how do they how do they start connecting it without making it e too Easter eggy? I sort of was talking right. about this at the last show, and th there hasn't been that many Easter eggs. Like everything we've seen, like in my brain, has been established, like factories and indentured servants and shore troopers and stormtroopers and imperials under barking orders. Like all that makes sure. sense. Then you get into like the nitty gritty of like tech support. Like we don't have everybody here because like the Wi-Fi was out. And that's great for me. And I'm like, I love that. You know, I love that the Imperials are like trying to stay on schedule, but that also sort of established that they don't have enough people mm -hmm. on site, which just is helping um, with ultimately the escape. Right. And uh, when it comes down to it, uh, Andor is just, you know, giving us a microscopic look into everyday life while the movies can't. You know, sure. it's they yeah. just can't do it just because we have to, you know, you know, I think I think our good friend uh, from uh, ATG put out something on Twitter that said, like, oh, the word evil in the the crawl for a new hope really means something different these days. And that's kind of true. I mean, it we 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 assume it's evil. You know, the evilest thing that you could do is blow up a planet. Yeah, but guess what? They were doing other things too. Sure, uh, that got them there, and we're yeah. seeing it firsthand um, in a mass production. And I'm not counting right. like all the previous books and whatever. So, uh, it's really cool uh, to see uh, the minutia of it all. Yeah, and uh, I'm just just like really enjoying the ride. And you know what's nice is, and which was weird. Here's what was weird. The story people told us what's gonna what's the structure of this? They're gonna say hey, this is the first episode or first season's one year, and then the second season is chunked out into four parts. Right. You know whatever. And I thought that was like wow, that's pretty bold to just give us like the agenda. 
And you know yeah. me, I love an agenda. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even even knowing that we're trying to figure out the timeline, like how much time has passed between episodes. And it, it, you know, sometimes it's just a day, and sometimes it's weeks, and sometimes it's months, sometimes it shifts. But I think they're doing a good job. Like House of Dragon did a really good job at naturally within dialogue telling us how far it has been since the last episode, which is cool. Like um, right. it doesn't. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to figure out the math and and whatever. And Andor has done a good job at that. I thought you know the timing of the prison would have been a little different. Um, maybe he spent a full year there, and you know it. It doesn't matter the timing of it. It's a, it's relevant. Sure. What what matters is the experiences that our characters go through, and the yes. loss that they experience, yeah. that gets them to eventually get to where they need to go. Because right. before this show, Andor is just a a guy in the rebellion. Sure. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's it. You know, you you mentioned something um, that uh, I always find uh, fascinating, especially with fan discourse regarding the sequel trilogy and how that was just so not planned. Mm. Um, you mentioned that the soundtrack for The Rise of Skywalker seemed like it was just jam-packed. I mean, the movie is jam-packed. They tried, mm. you know, for whatever reason, narratively speaking, they tried to... You know, people have said uh, they're course correcting The Last Jedi or they're trying to go in another direction. They Nothing was planned. But, um, you know, the 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 fact that uh, Andor to me is is so uh, it's just so well written. Mm. Um, you know, I've, it's it it frustrates me to see that fans don't see the difference between something that is what I feel is super planned, like Andor, something that has, um, you know, behind the scenes, they they mapped it out um, enough to, like you said, give us an agenda at this moment for season two. And um, and something like The Rise of Skywalker, where it seems like, I mean, the entire sequel trilogy um, just seems like they were just, you know, shooting off the cuff. Um and it's it's unfortunate because I know you know movie business and Disney per se is is a business. They just bought Star Wars and the franchise for a boatload of money. They mm. wanted to get their money back fast. Um, you know I understand that, but unfortunately the uh, the end product is what uh, suffered. But um, I think um, Andor really should teach uh, Disney that. Um, it should always come down to planning something and making sure that uh, that the story that they're serving the story um, going forward in a way that, uh, you know, fans will wait. Um, stockholders may not wait as long mm -hmm. as fans, but I, I, I feel that, you know, fans will wait for something good. And I know every um, Star Wars streaming show has had its issues, some more than others, but. Andor doesn't seem to, to to have those issues. Nobody mm. is saying that it looks like crap. Nobody is mm. saying that, you know, it's it's just it's, you know, to be a fly on the wall at a Lucasfilm board meeting, I, I would just uh, I would love to do that. Yeah. So one yeah. of the things that to to piggyback on the planning aspect, one of the things that made me really excited about the High Republic era was all the promotion they had about all the writers you know, mm -hmm. going to Skywalker Ranch and like just powwowing and figuring right. it out. 
which is why I jumped in on it. I was like, well, you know what? If they're going to spend the time and we're going to know that they're spending the time, then something good's got to come out of it. Um, it's not, you know, groundbreaking. It's often very vanilla. And there's some good stories, too. Um, I think with the amount of planning they've done, I think in the future they're going to have High Republic shows or, um, you know, a movie or some something. I mean, I, I would think it would be silly not to do it. I just, right. I think they're stuck in the IP right now, and they don't really know what to do with it. Sure. Um, out, you know, in the movie realm. Uh, yeah. And, and there's plenty of evidence to support that. I think their next best bet to do a movie, and I've said this a thousand times, is after Ahsoka, uh, in that realm of plus five after Return of the Jedi. They introduce Thrawn in a movie, and Mando's in it, and Bo-Katan's in it, and Ahsoka's in it, and and everybody's like this whole thing, and they just make it a Disney Plus experience, and they test the waters with a movie there, and they see what people want, you know, because Andor's eventually going to run out, you know, so that's that's a that's a firework that's going to end in explosion. Um, and then where do they what do they do next? Sure, yeah, you know. Well, you know, we've got plenty of uh, programs, uh, you know, waiting. Um, the Acolyte, which is right. tail end of High Republic stuff. Um, they just uh, announced uh, Carrie Moss is joining the cast of that show. But, you know, obviously season three of The Mandalorian, um, the trailer dropped uh, a few months ago. It looks pretty good. Looks mm -hmm. pretty solid. Um, you've got uh, obviously the Ahsoka show that I'm sure a lot of folks are, are waiting to see. And, um, you know, the, uh, the Jude law, uh, series, I forgot what yeah. that's called. Skeleton crew, skeleton crew. Right. Um, yeah. so, you know, there's plenty of star Wars coming out, but I think, um, you know, now that, uh, that we've had a taste of, of Andor, um, I'm, you know, I would be very interesting. It'll be a, an interesting thing to see how these shows play out. I yeah. mean, I know, I know star Wars is, um, you know, there's a flavor for every every Star Wars fan, and mm -hmm. um, I'm just happy that uh, they decided to do this flavor for 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 us. Yeah. Uh, you know, folks that maybe didn't, uh, you know, weren't too crazy about, uh, you know, having cute little green aliens with uh, daddy issues all the time. And what did you say the first time you said what Andor needs is a, a baby to take care of? <laughs> Right. Or something like that. Something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. And just the final thought on the show, the shows is like every show that's coming out leads to a movie, meaning, mm, yeah, there's nothing beyond what is already established. And I think that's the tough part about writing, is they have to figure it all out. Yeah. And the only thing that was, not, I'm not gonna say the only thing, but one thing that was sort of exciting is that there was whispers of something post sequel trilogy. And if yeah. we're moving beyond it, I mean, that's where they can really explore new stuff. Um, you know, Marvel's phases. Sure. It's already established in comics, except I don't follow the comics, so I don't really know anything about it. But it's always moving forward. They're not writing stories in between. And when they tried Black Widow shout out, it didn't do well. <laughs> you know, they should have did yeah. it before, of course, but they didn't. And. You know, and then it was just an okay movie, you know. So yeah, sure. Everything that's happening forward, like this new Black Panther movie, that's a forward movie. They have to move on from yeah. um Bozeman, you know. So it's gonna be a sad thing, but 
it's kind of necessary. Even the Spider-Man movies had to move on from the last one, yeah. you know, and they've done a good job with that. So yeah. when, when will Star Wars move on? Well, that's an interesting thing that you said earlier. You said um, this is kind of its way of, of growing up or moving on. Mm. And I do feel that, you know, Star Wars could obviously get in a rut. Um, how far do we let it stay in that rut? I think Andor is a very perfect example of, um, you know, taking that material and turning it on its head um, in order for Star Wars to evolve. I think Star Wars needs needs Andor. Um, you know, the, 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 the tricky thing with fans, as you well know, is, you know, they were crying about this not being, you know, uh, whatever it's, it's all Kathleen Kennedy's fault, but then we've had, we have something so new, so fresh and so incredibly exciting. Um, and some folks still don't like it, which I, you know, it's, it's fine, yeah. but, um, you know, our, our friend uh, Vader Rapina says fan stands for uh, freaking a-holes never satisfied. Nice. <laughs> Something like that. Nice. nice. But um, yeah, um, it's uh, it's too bad. But I do feel that uh, that Star Wars does need to evolve if it's going to continue to uh, to grow and uh, and attract new uh, new fans. And, um, you know, this, I think this is, uh, this is the paradigm shift moment. I think the writing is on the wall and I do mean that in the literal sense, because the show is, uh, doing some amazing things when it mm -hmm. comes to writing. We have not seen, um, the depth of writing, um, in a star Wars show. And I don't know if we've ever seen it as nice. uh, deep and complex as this. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing. There's a line in the prequel trilogy that is called, did you press the button? No. Did you? I didn't. <laughs> That's the dialogue. First off, the dialogue in all Star Wars movies is bad. That's what it is. Uh, there's, you know, Leia probably has some good lines. You know, she's got some good lines. Luke doesn't really. Han does. Lando does, but overall the dialogue is just boring, not boring, but not, not complex. Like rudimentary. I would say, I mean, you know, it, it worked for us at seven, eight years old. Absolutely. Right? Well, that's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's enough. So I can understand it. You know, it's enough for, you know, you, you have the, my five-year-old who's watching it and go and, and gets it, you know, then gets it without getting it. And that's the whole point. You know, they, yeah. she doesn't need to hang on to every word, but I wouldn't show her Andor at this time. Dude, yeah, she's not ready for that for sure, and that's what makes it much, much different. You know? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, you know, obviously, for the last uh, few months since the release of Andor, we've been kind of uh, talking it up and uh, really pushing for you know, telling people as many people as we can um, what we like about it. I mean, I, I've got my gold Beskar from Disney to uh, to facilitate that, so thank you very much, Disney. It's pretty heavy. Sounds um, heavy. I wanted to ask you, I know we, we love Andor, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything in the show that, um, that you don't like or any, uh, as, as you would put it, any grievances? Ooh, I wish I had my sounders ready. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can cue it up. 
Um, things I do not like the obviously the amount of characters is sort of a difficult thing to keep track of if you've only watched it one time. But um, let me let me let me stop you there because um I'll let you go I'll, I'll let mm-hmm. you keep going but you know the characters I was talking we were doing a Twitter space um on um on Thursday mm-hmm. um and we talked about the characters we um every character I think has um has some depth to it Mm. i don't think there's i don't think there's a character that's like wasted there's somebody somebody is always contributing to to the the story here um and that you know spinny guy in book of boba fett didn't do it for you no 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 not at all um but yeah it's uh it's really cool because like i said they really they really added depth to every single character you know from uh from bix uh you've got uh What's the, the Rasso. Cap, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 awesome. I think it's great. It but I'm I'm sorry. You uh, no no, no it is. You. And and this is the first reference to Game of Thrones is that all these characters mean something in the story. Yeah. But there are a lot of characters to sure. remember, and it does require. Well, the subtitles are always awesome if you watch yeah. it with subtitles because right. you, you get a name with it. Um. And I've I've always catched things on the in the second one. I don't even turn the subtitles off at, at this point. But if you're casually watching this, it's probably gonna be hard to follow, especially if you don't rewatch it. Um, so yeah, the one thing that you know that worries us over on the show is just the amount of characters and is it too much? You know, are we not spending enough time um, on whatever it is? Uh, next. Um, Man, I would I should have told me I would have had my my notes up. Hold on one second. This will just take it. Here we are. We're right here. I don't have many, I'm gonna tell you. No, yeah, um, absolutely. There's you know, little things, little interactions that that bothered me. Um, but like it, it's more of like when I watched it, I went, mm, that doesn't hit for me. Like Windy, the character Windy with the Revnog, and like I just think the voice didn't do it for me, but I get what they're trying to do. Um, I had one where, you know, when they're on Aldani and and they're they're executing the mission and they're standing in the line and the Don, the Donnies are over here, and uh, what's his face um is trying to contact Vel, and he's just speaking normally, like, but they're right over there, you know what I mean? So like, I don't like so I, there's like again there's like that's nothing that is nothing compared. There's no plot holes. I don't find plot holes too much in this. Right. It's like, I don't see that. I'm um, just going through. I literally wrote after um, episode five, the title screen is boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wrote. Because I don't think it changed. And that's why I said in episode six, it started to evolve a little bit because they heard me. They listened to the show, of course. Right. Um, I put in my very first show, being tired and watching this show is not a good combo. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you sat, I sat down for two hours starting at nine o'clock at night and watched episodes one through three. And that was a mistake, you know, so nothing for me sticks out. Um, I, I have more positives and noticements and things right. to point out than I than I do to sure to disregard. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, my only uh, real things that I would add to that um I really wish the episodes were longer than they are mm. and and um 
these episodes are longer than uh, yes. what we got in Bo Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian per se. Um, you know, 46 seconds or 46 minutes. Uh, you yeah. know, you got your sweet spot there. Um, you know, other shows are, you know, sometimes they're uh, 65 minutes, uh, a little longer would right. be great. Um, but, you know, honestly, really, I'm not I'm not complaining. They do seem, you know, longer than the, what we've been getting yeah. in the book of Boba Fett. But there's so much information there. You know, I, I keep saying that there's no wasted dialogue. There's Correct. no wasted word. And you really do have to. And I think that plays with its replayability too. the uh, the fact that we can go back and kind of watch things. Um, and yeah, the uh, the um, the captions really help in trying to remember names yeah. and situations. Um, especially uh, during the ISB meetings when they're planning, uh, you know, some subterfuge oh, and, yeah. and, and some stuff that they're doing. Um, it really does help to kind of follow the uh, yeah. And their accents, of course, is hard. They're hard to pick it, you know, to carry in in my brain. Um, sure. And you know, reading them. But going to the timing of episodes, I think the Aldani I episode was the longest, yeah. fifty six or something like that. But in reality, yeah. actual content was two minutes and 35 seconds to the 47 minute mark hmm. so our longest episodes really only 45 minutes yeah um but it's a good 45 i mean sure yeah, there's no commercials right there's no commercials you don't have to stop and you're just it's a straight through story and it's awesome and it's wonderful yeah and uh i never can really anticipate the ending there's so many storylines going on that i can't anticipate the ending because there's not really there's this is not a cliffhanger show this is sort of like a this we are closing this chapter and the next one's coming um right not not too much on on like imagine the aldani eye episode ending before they get out of the eye you know right. that would be your cliffhanger but the, right. every single show has resolved something sure. you know and yeah. they've just moved it to the next thing and you know with with episode 10 which is interesting because we sort of assumed it was going to be one two three or five mm -hmm. six seven eight nine you know and then do that and it really hasn't you know they've done a good job at breaking it up and putting an episode here and there but still moving the story along so again it's it's really immaculate it's really good stuff yeah um do you think that they spent uh, too much time in the prison? Probably. Uh, I think we could have gotten away with establishing patterns faster. Mm -hmm. And then the next episode leads us out. Like we could have went from incarceration and then they could have time jumped like twice. Sure. Right. Where you know, 30 shifts and you know, 30 shifts later. And then it's like a little, little, little and then like 60 shifts later. And it's a little blah, blah, blah. And then sure. you're starting to see Andor sort of pick up on their patterns. Um, but did they, do they need to, I guess we're going to find out depending on how much they get done in the next two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to point out part uh, overcoat here is uh, awesome. Yes. He's Kyburn from game of Thrones too. Which is um, this scene here uh, during this uh, ISB um, meeting here. Yeah. And then later on, we uh, we get to uh, see that uh, there's kind of a, a spy in the midst of, uh, of the yeah. ISB, which uh, to me is interesting. 
Um, you know, we, um, I won't jump too far to the, to the end there because they're the two care that, that character kind of has a, a real great moment with Luthen. Mm. Um, but, um, somebody also posted a side-by-side -side picture of one Saw of that. the police officers, um, uh, the corpos that is the same actor as an officer in the background in the ISB, yep. um, boardroom. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's so subtle. Um, you've got this, you know, Tinker Taylor soldier, you know, spy thing that uh, you really have to pick up on. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a this is a narrative that you are not being spoon fed. You really have to think about the story and pay attention to the visual cues. I did not see the actor. And um, obviously they did that on purpose, but they put him in the background just to see. And I, um, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I remembered I, when I watched it, I remember I was like, wow, they lingered on that person like a long time. Mm. I didn't make the connection. I wasn't ready to make that connection because yeah. it's, you know, it's information overload. Uh, but now that we know what we know, going back to rewatch, now I'm going to start looking yeah, for, for stuff. background stuff and kind of picking up on things. And they just created another loop of rewatchability which is right. great you know sure. i love i do love that you know it's it's kind of like the books that lead you like uh you can either go to page 59 or page 37 you know and right. you can just cho like choose your own adventure and uh yeah no it's it's kind of cool i don't i don't know if i truly understand maybe maybe this is a grievous uh, i don't know if i truly understand how far away planets are you know like the isbs on Coruscant right. and where is Ferrix and why sure. can Dedra go back and forth so quickly <laughs> you know so it's like yeah. where is it in relation to it all there's our guy right there yeah right there yeah so I'm like why do we care yeah you know, I'm like what is he being awkward for I think I remember saying that I'm like what is, what is this guy what is this yeah. guy and I never really noticed it so I was happy that I can take credit for something that on Twitter somebody said yeah um you know, the scenes with Mon Mothma are, again, just wonderfully written. Um, I tweeted uh, earlier in the week about this guy. He gave me Joker feels, uh, like a Joker vibe, um, especially the, his hair, his suit. Um, he's got a vest underneath that, uh, like, it's kind of like a like a smoking vest. Um, I don't know, just something about his mannerism has just reminded me of, of the Joker. Um, he even has a little bit of a shine to his pale face, which, uh, also gave me that, uh, feeling, but obviously this character is a, um, you know, someone that, uh, is unsavory to the Mon Mothman family here. And, uh, they're about to, uh, you know, strike a deal. Um, what, uh, what do you think about that deal? And do you think that, uh, you know, spoil alert, everybody, do you think that, um, that she's going to give up her, uh, her daughter to, to make this deal happen. Yeah. So we we've been doing 45 minutes of this show and we just started talking about the show. If you didn't realize <laughs> this was spoilers, um, right. You're in, you're in the wrong place, right? Exactly. Uh, again, this was that game of Thrones reference that I mentioned earlier with the betrothal of young people to form in game of Thrones would be an alliance, you know, mm. for some sort oh, of, that's right. yeah. of treaty. Right. Um, but this is sort of more sinister where, she, you know, right off the bat, last episode, she's like, I, I don't want to deal with him. Now, when she said thug, I I went, my brain went to, I know he's human. 
but I'm getting job at a hut feels right. Like it's a thug, you know, that's, that was the, that was my mode. And then we see this dude and I'm like, Oh, he's kind of just a sleaze ball, right. which is, which is fine. And I thought he would have been like, we have to, you know, you have to invite me out in public. You know, I, he more or less wants people to know that Mon is dealing with him right. without any payment whatsoever. This is straight up a favor. This is straight up uh, doing something that will embarrass her. Um, sort of when the queen in Game of Thrones had to walk the streets, uh, a shame, right. sort of like that. But it's it's sort of worse. Um, he wants their families to unite. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. Um, yeah. Betrothed, you know, listen, uh, it's well established that in human history that people got married at a young age. Sure. They even said it the previous episode that they got married at 15. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We get a little get a little Perrin and Mon background there. Sure. And clearly it's worked out for them. Yeah. Uh, but this is interesting. I like how she's like, well, we don't really follow those traditions. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. And when he got up to leave, um, you know, she once again, she iterated, it's not going to happen. And he turned around and very slyly said, well, that's the first lie I've heard you say tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so, because she's thinking yeah. about it. She's, she's, I think uh, this will connect to what Vel says, like, sorry, the rebellion does come first. Right. And that's going to happen here. Absolutely. Um. I'm going to skip a little bit here because mm -hmm. we really have talked a lot about, uh, you know, we've got a uh, prison break. Uh, we got a prison break film now that uh, Cassian and crew are uh, yeah. running around uh, with guns. Um, what do you think of his performance? I love Andy circus. Yeah. And this, I, I, I didn't know he was in the show. Um, yeah. Which is a nice surprise. Up, it was wonderful. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. That's big time. Snoke origin he, story. I stop it. I hope he doesn't die in this episode. <laughs> like that was the first thing I said in my brain. I'm like, I hope he doesn't die. And his performance from you know compliance, I only got 249 chips left. Right. I'm out of here soon. To all right, everybody's on board was just unbelievable. It, it was yeah. it's so good. Uh, yeah. This whole scene, I did. I did the maths last uh, podcast, and Andor, thank you, Cassian, for confirming that they're dealing with five thousand prisoners mm. in this factory. And that scene with the Imperials hiding—that's that normal stuff that I'm looking for in this Star Wars land, right. where they don't want to die. They know they're outnumbered. We're just going to hide in this room. Sure. Uh, the scene we're particularly looking at, I, we were talking about how are they going to get out? You know, like there's, you know, it's in the middle of water, you know, like what are they doing? I had a sort of theory that they were going to do like a, these factories were sort of just ships, um, sort of like Avengers helicopter, like helipad right, that could yeah. rise out of the sea. I don't know. I was just kind of, it reminded me of the colossal of resistance. Mm. Um, but clearly the, uh, it was answered. It was answered with tragedy as we watch our boy, Kino Loy, who, did not have good parents and send him to swim lessons. Um, <laughs> what happens to his fate? I like that it's open. We don't really know. Yeah. 
Um, maybe he finds another way. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, they don't answer the. They don't answer it. I think that's sure. awesomely tragic. Mm-hmm. Very Shakespearean to to leave it open ended like that. Yeah. And um, I wonder how many people didn't make the swim. Also, right. you know, yeah. like there is. I mean, there were people we got invested in with Zal and and uh, Jim Bach or whatever his name is, and they, right off of the bat, bang, bang, they're dead. I'm like, this show is crazy. Right. I think this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, wow. And yeah, absolutely. Prison Break was just really cool. I mean, we're all know it's going to happen, but it's just like how it happens is, yeah. is what's really exciting. And everything, by the way, had to go perfect. Sure. The water had to, to short circuit the power. Sure. He remembered that the power went out when they zapped everybody. They're going to try to zap us, which is going to use an incredible amount of power. We got to get mm-hmm. this water flow. And, you know, there's all these things that, they even say any of that that is happening on screen that we're interpreting. Yeah. And then we get to what I love about these scenes is um, the, the backwater areas, you know, you're, you're a city, you're in Chicago, I'm in Philly. This is very normal. Sure. Uh, all of these alleyways and, you know, hiding your face and walking as fast as you can through these dimly lit right. <laughs> areas, the subway stations. And I just like looking at the infrastructure and the wiring and, or whatever it's really cool one of the things that i did notice about just this sequence of shots is there's a lot of aliens down below oh yeah more so than you know up top and obviously um there is a i think a story that was posted in uh what was the the magazine uh but tony tony gilroy was talking about how george lucas was developing this uh show about the coruscant underground 1313 um, but it, you know, obviously it gave, it, it gives us those, um, those, uh, vibes where, um, it seems like, and this might be an answer to the folks that say, ah, there's not enough aliens in this show. You know, Coruscant, the, uh, the upper levels has the humans and down below is where, you know, the deeper you get down to, to below the city level, that's where all the, that's where all like the aliens are, you know, yeah. wheeling and dealing. Um, I can see that as maybe a, a soft answer to why we just don't see a lot of aliens in, in, um, in the show per se, yeah. uh, you know, we, we get them on uh Ferrix, but um, probably not enough uh, for, um, you know, people to notice. Um, and I, you know, that, that is one of the complaints about the show is I, I don't see yeah. enough aliens, yeah. but um, I'm, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I don't care um, about yeah. aliens and whether or not we're seen and it doesn't matter to me, but the, our boy Palpies doesn't like aliens. Right. So it makes sense to push them as far down as you can. Also, I don't understand this elevator mechanism. It reminds me of the Willy Wonka elevator where it can go in all directions. I don't get it. Why are there, why are there things to hold on to? Is it going left and right? <laughs> It and up be. and down. What is could happening be. with this elevator? It's it blowing could my be. mind. Yeah, absolutely. My guy has a, a Jabra headset on right now. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know, now that we're playing the scene, um, obviously this is towards the end, and yeah. we have this wonderful, wonderful um, just dialogue from Luthen. Yeah. So well written. Yep. Um, and Tina, if you're still in the chat, um, it's, it's, it's that uh, – it's that thing that you screenshot for me and sent yeah. me. It's just, it, it's amazing. You know, what did I sacrifice? You know, when, um, when this scene was first playing, I actually thought that, cause they, you know, this guy was talking about family. 
And I thought they were going to drop this nugget that he is Luthen's son. Oh, um, and who knows it, you know, it could still happen, but, um, that's what I was waiting for. Um, when, uh, when Luthen showed up, um, and talked to him face to face after his, uh, his Jabra um, battery ran out. So you were waiting for daddy issues to occur. In oh, oh, Sean, please. Just please. saying. That's what yeah, you said. Hey, in it. the chat, make sure you put down your favorite line uh, from Luthen. Uh, he's had some good ones. Uh, this was a pleasant surprise for me uh, because I. Do you know what it speaks to? It speaks to the length of Luthen's network that has been in place for a while now now this establishes a long time that yeah. luthan's network has been in place because you can't just get in with the isb i imagine i imagine you have to enter the imperial academy you have to go through the training you have to become an officer i don't really know the ranks so you'll fill those gaps in uh but to get the white coat requires an incredible amount of vetting so sure. how did he get through the vetting but he's also working for the rebels right that's double life stuff that's yeah not so that is uh you know i mentioned the whole tinker taylor soldier spy thing you know it's uh it's very surprising at this point in the story um but it's a nice surprise yeah. um absolutely um and then you know you've got that wonderful speech with luthan um they mentioned some sort of oath that this guy took and i guess vow, yeah. uh yeah a little vow um it seems like uh you know he um he relies on this vow for uh the loyalty of the people he brings in yeah. which i find interesting this is kind of like the first time that uh any rebel cell has mentioned a vow per se um yeah. but cinta and vel talked about a certain vow yeah and um you know, we know that rebels had uh, very different um, cells that were working independently from each other. Right. And this is why, you know, there was not a lot of, you know, hard results going into because everybody had their own little game that they were playing. Not until the rebellion proper kind of, you know, pooled all those cells together. Um, did, uh, did they start, uh, you know, affecting some sort of change, I think. But uh, yeah, this, um, this scene was incredible. Um Anytime you get a scars guard in a project, I, I I'm all there. Absolutely, uh, just amazing stuff. I'm noticing the lack of handrails in this uh, scene. If you could just back it up a little bit, so we can get a little bit of a wider shot um, before see. it zooms in on his face. Keep going back just a little bit more. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, just no it's, not sa it's not safe at all um, for Luthen, but it looks yeah. damn good, and that's really great um, for for this show for Luthen. I'm trying to figure out if the Rebels on Lothal is currently happening as well. Mm -hmm. The show Rebels. It, right. They were five years, right? There, weren't they five years before? Something um, a like new, that. A new Hope, yeah. right? So it's, it's probably happening at the same time. I wonder sure. if they're part of the network in some way and and how that all sort of connects. And I don't need real connections. I just, I just like to know that, you know, you've got canaan out there stealing supplies sure you know for the poor and they're doing it for charity like a charitable sort of thing and yeah. you know saul's blowing people up because he likes to and and luthan's attempting to be the glue right and, and hold it all together 
And I imagine it's, you know, he's probably not going to make it out or be the cause. Like he may be, he may have to take the fall to allow Mon Mothma and, and crew to take over. Sure. And to, to, uh, to what is it? The scent to get the hounds off of the, the right. rebel cells and whatever. And I wonder if, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a contingency plan like the emperor did. Uh, if they have a contingency plan for what happens if we get caught, you know, what do we do and how do we handle that? And I bet you they, they've thought about it. Yeah. And that's interesting too, because, you know, we're talking about Mon Mothma setting up her charity, um, you know, Leia, I think uh, not too far into the future from the point of view of uh, at least Rogue One. She also, um, you know, does charity work uh, as a young senator. Um, you know, Ooh. we when we first meet her, uh, Vader says, uh, you know, or he she tells Vader um, or no, what's the line? Uh, you weren't on any mercy mission this time. Right. So uh, that is one of the things that these rebels are using as uh, as cover um, humanitarian missions. And um, I think that, you know. Yeah, no, I'm thinking now she would be 14 Mm -hmm. at this point. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Would Bale have involved her by this time? I think. um, Or is Bale involved right now? Probably not. Right. No, she, I think she. I think he is, and okay. I think I think um, based on some of the novels, Leia involved herself. Yeah, well, and we've, seen, we've saw that in Kenobi, so that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm interested to see if 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 Rogue One ends with Leia, do we get something? Something yeah. of a young Leia, hmm. Millie Could Bobby be. Brown. That would be kind of amazing if girl, uh, right? if they do that. Um, that would <laughs> be, be cool. cool. It'd be so, cool. Wouldn't um, it go back to the well of bringing in legacy characters to boost a show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would. would be good though. I would love it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, as long as it makes sense. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah, sure. I think, uh, and I think, you know, at this point, I think it does make sense because yeah. you know, obviously, we see her in, in Rogue One, but um, you know, they're they're doing this right. They are not giving us, uh, you know, fluffy member berry type device, plot devices. And I think, uh, you know, the show better uh, win some Emmys come springtime because. You think it's got a shot? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Although I did see that uh, right now it is, um, I think the Tales of the Jedi have more viewership than Andor does, which is a shame, but. yeah, I don't know how much stock. See, I'm I'm afraid yeah. that they would cancel this show. Because, what Andor? Yeah. No, it's a done deal. It's only going to be two seasons, anyways, right? Yeah, I mean that's the but, good thing, you know. You know I, but like you look at Westworld that was canceled after they announced the season, right? Yeah. And they have to pay all the actors, and you know, but that's WB like absolutely tail spinning right now sure and trying to figure it all out uh, yeah I, I think the numbers are irrelevant right now i sure. think i think they have to commit themselves to the show and you know hey they can always say at least we're not meta that lost billions of dollars through a sure. fake universe yeah you know so everybody's losing money right now so i think everybody has to just 
see what's happening. Right. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to talk uh, good things about Andor. Just keep uh, that best car coming. Right. Disney. Thank you very much. That's right. Yeah. Listen, we are... listen, listen, listen. It's heavy. You know what? No, do you know what November brings? Sweeps. Shilly weather. Shilly weather. That's right. And the end of November brings the start of shooting season two of Andor. So there you go. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Final thoughts on Andor. We've been at it for a little over an hour. Uh, great discussion here, Sean. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody who who's catching this live. Uh, we're recording a couple days early. So if we're not responding to your chats, it's not because we're being rude. It's because we don't see them just yet. But we're going to try <laughs> to be there live in the chat uh, interacting with you um to the best of our abilities Absolutely. Uh, for me i i love that melshi and andor are together right now um that relationship i like i can't i actually can't wait for andor to be over so i can watch rogue one and yeah. have a good good old cry at the end of that one because sure. it's just going to mean so much more uh i think so for, too. for the show and and you know i i when when i saw melshi the first vision I saw was the last time you saw them on Rogue One. And I was like, damn. Right. Like, this is the start of their good friendship. Mm -hmm. And and I wonder, and I and I wonder where they're going to go now. They're on a planet. Well, they're on a moon, right? They're on a moon. And how are they going to get away? Like, yeah. that's the next the next thing. And I can't wait to see it. Like I, I can say that with honesty. I can't wait to see what happens next. And there they are. Friends till the end. It goes down, running on sand. Three moons. The, and look at the moons. Yeah, look at the moons in the back. Very nice. It's beautiful. Look at that establishing shot. Row is enthralled. I am happy. Indeed. Very nice. Very nice. Directed by Toby Haynes. Uh, he's doing a good job. I think everybody's doing a good job on this show. Um, thank you so much, Sean, for joining me tonight on Scarif Live. This has been a wonderful conversation. And, um, you know, we are going to be dropping this audio on Tuesday to mm -hmm. add to our um, podcast library. So please check it out. If you don't check it out live, if YouTube is not your thing, um, head on over to the Holonet and download it there. Um, Sean, any final words where I want to give the folks opportunity to, um, to tell you, hello, where can they find you and what are you doing? Certainly, certainly. So after you listen to this episode on Tuesday, why don't you join us over on extra star Wars, uh, at Tuesday night, nine 30 Eastern, where we'll be talking about the same exact episode, but, uh, our show goes into a little bit more of a, like a separated segments where we will give you our overall impressions our top moments from the episode, our bottoms, little things that we saw that you may have seen or you can contribute to. Uh, we'll give you our best one-sentence summary. Uh, the last two were songs for us, so we'd like to bring out our singing voices, and then we have some raunchy stuff at the end that you gotta, you got to listen to. It's explicit, so I can't say it on this show. Uh, and then the other things we do, you can check out at Extra Techie or bio.link forward slash Extra Techie. Uh, tech stuff which is going to be coming down the line to do a little bit more education on the tech channel a little ha more how to's and then uh separating those that gaming content over into the new channel called gaming whenever because dads of three have to game whenever, whenever. they can 
<laughs> and that's just a clever little play that I decided to go for. And uh, life's good, and we're doing the best we can, and I appreciate being on the show with you. You're the best. I don't care what Shanty says about you. Thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I'll i have that check in the mail to you as soon as it can. Perfect. But uh, thank you, everyone in the chat, for hanging out with us here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, the live edition, sort of. But thank you so much anyways. Uh, we enjoyed talking Andor. We'll see you next week. We do our live shows um, every Saturday at 7. And new episodes drop on Thursdays. But this will drop on Tuesday. So thank you very much on behalf of the crew here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, myself, Shanti, and Brad. Brad, be safe wherever you are. Um, and uh, we'll have the Citadel waiting for you when you return so we can talk more geek stuff we are part of the red five network if you want to listen or check out the rest of the pods and content creators on the red five network we can be fine found at bio.link slash red five or red five network.com you'll see the same information there awesome stuff thank you very much sean for that great discussion may the force be with you don't forget and that's the scuttlebutt. I know we were getting.